Here's what to expect today. That's one trigger is languaging and rejection. And you may have noticed also the other aspect of this is the delivery, the way I said it. And I said, where do you think we should go from here? I lowered my voice. I stayed calm and centered without momentum. Momentum creates pressure. Pressure creates the wall back on you. See, we've been taught by the gurus to be enthusiastic. We're so excited. You love what you do. Can't wait to tell them about it. You're like, woohoo! I got the best coaching program in the world. But if they don't know you, they're saying to, yourself, they're saying to themselves, oh, God, here it comes again. Somebody trying to pitch. And so, again, a lot of the work is contrarian. So I tell my clients, save your enthusiasm for after they're a client. Pre-sale, they got to trust you first. So be aware of your delivery on your language. The adventure of entrepreneurship and building a life and business you love, preferably at the same time, is not for the faint of heart. That's why Heather Pierce Campbell is bringing you a dose of guts, grit, and great business stories that will inspire and motivate you to create what you want in your business and life. Welcome to the Guts, Grit, and Great Business Podcast, where endurance is required. Now here's your host, the legal website warrior, Heather Pierce Campbell. Alrighty, welcome. Hello, I am Heather Pierce Campbell, the legal website warrior. I'm an attorney and legal coach based here in Seattle, Washington, and serving entrepreneurs around the US and the world. Welcome to another episode of Guts, Grit, and Great Business. I am super excited to bring a new friend to you today, Ari Galper. And I should have asked you before we started, how do you say your last name? A Galper, just like you Galper, said. Just like I said, perfect. Right so big welcome to Ari Galper. Um, Ari and I connected actually through our mastermind group. And once we had the chance to chat a little bit and I checked out his work, I knew this is going to be such an important conversation for us to have. I think that Ari probably does a lot of things that turn not only the sales conversation, but the sales world on its head, because he's very unconventional and you're just going to love hearing from him today. So Ari, welcome. I'm super excited to have you here. Thank you for having me, Heather. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. I have been too. So for those of you that don't know Ari, Ari is the world's number one authority on trust-based selling and has been featured in CEO Magazine, Forbes, Inc. Magazine, Sky News, and the Australian Financial Review. Ari has created a unique and different sales approach based on trust and integrity called Unlock the Game. Designed so the dreaded act of chasing and the painful experience of rejection is eliminated forever, a feat never thought possible until now. It is specifically for business owners, consultants, and sales professionals who struggle with converting potential clients into paid clients. Many focus on growing their networks, having more conversations, i.e. the numbers game, but converting them into paying clients remains an elusive mystery. Ari's profound discovery of shifting one's mindset to a place of complete integrity based on new words and phrases grounded in sincerity has earned him distinction as the world's leading authority on how to build trust in the world of selling. He has completely redefined how to connect with people over the phone. In his corporate training sessions, Ari demonstrates his mindset by calling new prospects in front of live audiences. I, I love that piece. 
Ari's big lesson you'll learn today is that you lose the sale not because you haven't demonstrated enough value, but because you haven't created enough trust, a mindset shift that has changed thousands of people's lives. Ari is a practitioner of Aikido and is based in Sydney, Australia with his wife, Michelle, and their two sons and daughter, Toby, Nathan, and Jamie. Ari, welcome. I'm super happy to have you here. Oh, a joy. Thank you. Yes. So tell us, I mean, I'd like to go backwards in time a little bit. I know we could jump right into the trust-based selling and all of that, but I'd like to hear about your roots and your background. Where, where did you start from? Sure. So I'm originally from San Diego mm-hmm. and I now live in Sydney, Australia. So, you know, the accent hasn't changed. I've been for 20 years, actually. met my wife on a dating site 20 years ago. She's from Sydney. I was working mm-hmm. in LA at the time. And uh, this is pre-swiping. This is just a photo and the, the right. text. Pretty much right. it. So we connect, um, you know, via email. And then we started dating. She's working in LA at the time. And then, um, yeah, she's like, why don't you come out to Sydney? Visit my family in Australia. I was like, wow, that's pretty far, but I'll give it a try. So um, we came out of here. We got married, engaged. And then, um, yeah, our life kind of sprouted from there. We we had our the whole story behind us. My, my, my first son, um, he has Down syndrome. We are so blessed mm-hmm. to have him in our lives. He's been a hero, superhero for us. I wrote a book about him. We'll talk about a lot of lessons from Toby. So it's all kind of unraveled from there and the story behind trust-based selling. And that's kind of where it's all going. Oh, I love that. Well, I, I saw that when I visited your website and I love that you share so openly about it. I mean, I think one of the things I actually love about this podcast is being able to talk to people about both life yeah. and business. You know, I don't feel like the two are really separated. And so exactly. it's wonderful. And maybe we can hear a little bit more about that today. Sure. So how did you get into the sales world? Talk to me about where your love of sales comes from. Well, it's interesting. Uh, my first job out of college, I worked with this company in, in Seattle, actually. It was yeah. funny. I just thought about that. Mercer Island, that whole area was my territory. And it, back then, it was called the mini yellow pages. Like, yep. literally, you had a little booklet in your glove compartment. There was no internet back then. And you pull the thing out, and you look for a pizza place, you know, driving down this town. And like, oh, I'll order pizza for my car. That's what you had right. the big car phones, you know? The huge literally, car phones. Exactly. And literally, I would, um, I had a territory. I Like, I think Bellevue Hills called over there or something. Mm-hmm. I would go door to door and just sort of say, you know, hey, we're selling advertisements. a new little booklet. And what I did was, I would, the night before, I'd go to the normal Yellow Pages. I take a photo of the normal ad and then reduce it to different sizes and put it on one sheet like it was a small, medium, and large size. And I walk in and show my little book and I'd say, you know, if I saw your ad and I'd recommend that you give it a try for a month to see how it goes. And I roll out this little sheet of paper had like a small, medium, and large size, like a pizza. And I'm like, you know, you really should consider maybe trying it out. And then I'd show them their own ad pre-sized they like pick a medium every time medium 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 i'm like all of a sudden i become a top salesperson with this little approach you know <laughs> and we That's filled amazing. the book up and that kind of made my first exciting you know success around selling yeah. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I love, I mean, first of all, yeah. Pre-internet, right? Totally right. different world now. Totally, it's, yeah. Um, I mean, it has its benefits and its challenges, right? The internet Absolutely. does not solve all of our problems. And oh. it was so interesting. Like, I think your conversation is so relevant for anybody doing business these days, because one, we all have to be on the internet, right? right? And two, I think people are so 
inundated with messaging, with, just going to say it, scams, with yeah. things that do not feel genuine or that they think are going to be genuine and then they sign up for a service and it's not, yeah. right? I, I was connecting with a client actually on Sunday and I don't normally try to bother clients over the weekend, but he's in the middle of a big move and our time our timeline was just tight. But, you know, he said to me, and I, I loved getting the feedback, first of all, but he said to me, you know, I'm so grateful to be working with you because it's I it's really hard to tell who you can trust online. And I just thought, oh, doesn't that just sum up so many people's experience? That goes to the core of what we're talking about today. Uh, that, and then I think the trust is a new currency. I think we lost it over time. And those yes. business owners who really embrace this concept today will be the ones who rise above the noise. Yeah, well, I love that. And I just think how many people out there are struggling with that exact issue? How do you establish trust? How yeah. do you do it in a way that feels authentic to yourself, that yes. feels genuine, exactly. but still gets the job done, right? We don't have a million hours in our day. This is Correct. the challenge, right? And yeah. so I think so many people understand the fact that, you know, building relationships matters, but that timeline, the sales timeline can really kill a small business if you're not doing totally. it right. Yeah, if you're end up if you're chasing what I call ghosts, people who show interest but don't call you back and your sales cycles are extended multiple steps, then you're you're just dragging your business down this road isn't going anywhere. It's hard. Yeah. So I'm curious because I know that like if, if somebody were to pop over and visit your website, there's lots they could check out there, right? But talk to us about this profound discovery that you made, right? About shifting one's mindset to a place of complete integrity. That phrase really stood out to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was a story that happened to me about 20 years ago before I came out here. I was a sales manager in a software company. And I managed about 18 people underneath me at the time, salespeople. And we launched the first online website data collection tools called now called Google Analytics. I'm sure you've heard of that before, but <laughs> we were the first one to launch that many years ago, got bought out. But the point is that we are right, internet was taking off. We are the, the software to get to track your website um, statistics and all that. And so the leads that came across my desk were the big opportunities that were passed to me. Mm -hmm. And this one opportunity came across my desk. You recognize the name, big company, lots of websites. I called the contact back. We had a great conversation. He agrees to a conference call and a demo. And if I close this one sale, it will double the revenue one transaction. That's how big this deal was. It was like a really big deal. So the whole team was like, high five me all week. All right, good luck. You know, I hope that goes well. Because if it goes well, you all get a bonus. If it comes, you know, it comes in. So. The day finally came Friday, four o'clock in the afternoon. I'll never forget it. Uh, my CEO's with me in the, in the big conference room we had. And I closed the door behind me. Everyone's like looking in the windows. I'm like, God, get away from me. Get, get, you know, give me give us a piece. Close the blinds. Where's the yeah, blinds? Close the blinds. Yes. There's a big long conference table in the room. In the middle of the table is the old school speakerphone, you know, like Starships Enterprise. Totally. I know Relax exactly on, what you're talking that. about. Yep. Yeah. So, like, uh, and so I called the number that he gave me for the conference call. The phone rings. He picks it up. He says to me, Ari, hey, how's it going? I said, great. And he says to me, let us tell you who's with us today in the room. And I was like, oh, didn't realize there'd be someone else there. Mm -hmm. uh, next thing I know, I hear, my name is John. I'm CEO. I was like, wow, CEO of a whole company? This is crazy. My name is Mike. I'm head of IT. Oh, this is even better. My name is Julie. I'm head of global marketing. Oh, this is like everybody on this call was basically a decision maker. 
I mean, this is a call you hope as often as possible. They're all there in one room, one place now. It's going to happen. It's going to happen now. Right. Well, and how many times do people have a call where decision makers are not present and that exactly. becomes one of the huge hurdles? Totally. So we started, I introduced myself. We said hello. And I began to give them a live demo over the web of their websites being collected in real time in advance for a prototype and showing this to them and clicking around. And I started this noise on the phone call like, wow, this is great. This is amazing. This is fantastic. They start asking me all kinds of questions. How does it work? How do we install it? And of course, I had all the answers. I was competent, technically. Mm -hmm. And I'm answering the questions. I mean, there was so much chemistry on this phone call, Heather. It was like a love fest on the phone. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? The client, like, yeah. they got the questions. You got the answers. You're saying to yourself, thank you, God. This is like the most beautiful conversation. There is no resistance at mm -hmm. all. And my boss is like, Ari, nice job. He's like, give me the high five in the back. You know, he's on his phone for the next car he wants to buy with a cell phone. And he's like ordering the wheels. And he's like, he's so excited. And this call was amazing. I'm not even exaggerating. And and so I'm doing my thing. I was training sales. I went to the sales guru seminars and the books on my shelves at home, the CDs in my car. Remember the university days, we drive around and listen to stuff. Oh, totally. I, yeah, I was studying all this stuff. And so um, where the call kind of comes to a close and my guy says to me, Ari, this is great. We love it. Look, give us a call a couple of weeks, follow up with us, and we'll move this thing forward. I'm like, oh, thank you. This is like made my, my, my day, made my year. And so I said my goodbyes, and I reached for the phone, hit the off button in the middle of the table. As I'm reaching for the phone, by complete accident, now it's the divine intervention, my thumb hit the mute button instead of the off button. They were right next to each other, a little designed kind of tightly, and a small click happened, and they thought I hung up the phone. And that split second, a voice inside of me said, Ari, go to the dark side. Be a fly in the wall. Go where no one's ever gone before in the world of sales. Listen, you got nothing to lose. And my thumb pulled back for a couple seconds. They started talking amongst themselves, thinking I had left the call. Now, what might you, this is not a trick question. What might you expect to hear in a call like that after the call we just had? What would you assume would be happening next? What would you imagine you hear next? Oh, I, I would think, I mean, if all those folks were calling in from different places, like they'd start to do a wind down, like, how was that? You know, giving feedback to each other or yeah. whatever, right? You'd start to hear what they have yeah. truthfully to say to one another. You'd hear things like, hey, this looks good. Let's move things forward. Mm -hmm. This is amazing. I mean, the, the feedback was great. But let me tell you what I heard word for word. I'll never forget it. That's why we're all here today. What they said was this. They said, we're not going to go with him. Keep using him for more information and make sure we shop someplace else cheaper. Mm. Knife and heart twist. I was in a state of shock. Mm. I literally snapped out of it. I hit the off button. I looked at the wall in front of, my, in front of me. I said to myself, what did I do wrong? I was mm -hmm. competent. I was professional. I answered. The, I did everything I was taught to do in selling. And the first big epiphany hit me. And you can tell me if you're good at this or not. That somewhere along the way, it has become socially acceptable not to tell the truth mm -hmm. to people who sell. Right? Yeah. It's okay to say things like, sounds good. Send me information. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, I'm definitely interested. No, send me a proposal without having any intention of what? Buying. Exactly. And then I asked myself, why were they afraid to tell me the truth? 
And I realized at that moment was that my big wake up call that there is an invisible flow of pressure that flows pre-sales underneath every sales chat you have with someone pre pre-sale. And if you don't remove the pressure from the process in your sales process in advance with them on a phone call, they'll always feel comfortable holding back from you and not telling you the truth. Mm. That began my whole wake up breakthrough where I realized I'm going to shift my mindset here away from the angle of the sale and focus instead on getting to the truth to create a, what I call a bubble vulnerability where they feel comfortable trusting me enough to tell me where I stand so I don't have to worry about the next step and they can wor- not worry about me chasing them. That became the whole premise behind my 20-year revolution called Unlock the Sales Game to really shift people's thinking away from the sale and the trust only. Well, the thing that's so, uh, I mean, what's the word to choose? That's so almost relieving to hear about that, right? Because you're actually saying remove the pressure. And I think most people think, they have to apply some kind of pressure. Like we're we're taught so often that you have to add pressure if you've ever sold from stage, right? You add limiters, you add time constraints, you add, you know, and some of those might be real constraints. Maybe you're selling people into a workshop and there are literally a limited number of seats, whatever. But you get told, add the pressure, add those limiters, add that stuff in order to cause people to make a decision. Look, there's overt pressure and covert pressure. The overt mm. stuff is the stuff that you do consciously. It's the unconscious stuff I'll talk about today that'll blow people away when they realize they don't even realize they've been using their kind of old models that are still not applying to the new world anymore. That'll be the real shift for people. Mm, I love that. So I am curious what happened. What did you do, right, when you got off that phone call? Did you? Um... Well, I was kind of in shock. And I just, I, what happened was I quit my job mm-hmm. about a few months later. And I realized I've got to get out to the world and change the sales industry altogether. Because this is probably happening to everyone out there, not just me. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I got stuck chasing them with phone calls. They never yeah. called me back. And yeah. this whole chasing game makes sales dysfunctional, inhumane, uncomfortable, and they're wrong. And I said, I got to crack the code in this thing and help business owners and entrepreneurs just make it work without having to degrade their humanity in the process, you know? And we've been so conditioned the old way. And I'm like, I got to fix this problem. So I left and I started on my own back then. Got it. That Well, that's a big change. I mean, I think a lot of people probably wouldn't have made that leap. Did you know that sales was your thing, that that's what you were going to be doing for? I knew knew that was my mission Mm. because I knew that someone had to tell the truth of what was going on here Mm. and provide a new way, a new way of thinking, a new solution to crack the code. And now it's obviously been systematized. And but that's what I'll be sharing today, some ideas around that. Yeah, I love that. Well, and it sounds like, because I know we were going to talk about some of the key sales myths that we need to detox from, right? Yeah. That might be one of them, removing pressure rather than adding pressure. Yeah. So look, we've been conditioned over the years Mm -hmm. with certain things in the back of our our minds holding us back. And we'll talk about some of those now. One one key one is the idea that sales is a numbers game. Remember that concept that the more calls you make, the more contacts you make, the more sales you're supposed to make. Well, we discover in this economy now, it's not about how many contacts you make anymore. It's about how deep you go on each conversation, how good you are at trust building, not how good you are, how many contacts you made, which is a total flip of, of the model. 
-hmm. The other myth is the idea that the sale is lost at the end of the process. And what we discovered is the sales no longer lost at the end anymore. It's actually lost at the beginning. Uh, actually, and hello. And I'll prove it to you right now in a fun way. If someone calls your office tomorrow morning and you pick up the phone and you hear, hi, my name is, I'm with, we are a, what goes right. through your mind in about three seconds? Or how do I get off the phone? It's over at hello. Yeah. And I'm not suggesting that your folks are all making outbound calls, but I will make the case today that most of them are losing their opportunities, not at the end of the process, they're losing it at the beginning, which is a real flip in thinking. And the last one, you kind of mentioned the idea of pressure rejection is part of the process. You have to accept it. That came from the old school sales manager who said, hey, if you can't get out, if you can't take a no, if you can't have a thick skin, you're not made for success. You know, we discovered that rejection is triggered by certain things you say and do unconsciously that cause the other person to resist you. And I'll share what those are today to help to help a lot of people who are, don't realize things like that. I love that. Yes, I'm sure people are like, huh, what is it that I'm doing exactly? Because yeah, yeah, we, we don't want to be doing those. So the trust based selling approach yes. was where were where were the origins of that approach? Is it in the story you just shared? Yeah, it came from my experience yeah. of being lied to and then dissecting why that occurred. Yeah. And then I realized responsibility wasn't on them. It was on me mm. to change my mindset, change my approach. And what I'll talk about in a few minutes, which is what I call trust-based languaging. So we invented mm. our own unique languaging that replaces sales scripts that's authentic, that lets you cut the noise immediately with people and have them feel comfortable with you telling you their truth. And that's really eye-opening for people when they hear that, which I'll talk about in our principles as well. Well, I'd love to hear about that language piece. I think so often, and you know, for anybody who's been around for very long in the online world, you start to recognize certain techniques that people right. use in there, especially when you're talking about group sales or presentations or speaking from stage, right? And a lot of NLP stuff. Talk to us and, I, you know, truthfully, sometimes I, I feel a little um, conflicted about the use of that kind of approach because I think for folks that are just not aware of it being used as a tactic, yeah. it can work on them, right? Sure. And you can end up with people inside your business that actually don't belong there, Correct. that are going to be trying to ask for refunds, right? So talk to us about the importance of language, but also how people do that wrong. Sure. And, and you're right that this has to feel authentic to you. You can't feel artificial in the process because the reason why is they can pick it up from you a mile away. They know when you're not being present with them. They know when your mind's sick about the next step. They know when you're in the game. So you got to break this thing open. And it, it starts with uh, some core principles. And I'll kind of lay in some language examples along with that so you can see how it connects together so people can start using it right away after yes. today's call. But the, our core first principle is the idea of always be diffusing pressure, taking pressure mm. out of the conversation all the time. How you do that is using languaging. So here's, here's an example, a live one of what people might relate to. Let's say you're on a real call with somebody, a first conversation, it could be a lead, a, an opportunity. It's a first call and they look like a good opportunity for you. Mm -hmm. It looks good, they're qualified. Call comes to an end, good chemistry. Usually at the end of a call like that, we say things like what? How about we 
move things forward, have right. a nice conversation or have a cup of coffee. So we're conditioned. We set an opportunity to move things which direction? Forward. forward. What's the next step? Exactly. Yes. But yep. when you, what happens if you move things forward and they aren't ready yet? What do you break with them right at the beginning of the process? Yeah, their trust. You break trust, right? So our approach, same scenario. Call is going well, good chemistry. Call comes to and close. Rather than saying, hey, how about we move <laughs> forward? What we say instead is this. We say, where do you think we should go from here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'll say it again. Where do you think we should go from here. I love that. Now, how does that change the dynamic of the moment? Well, it, it puts them in the driver's seat. They're they're not trying to respond to some pressure tactic about what comes next. And it actually gives them a chance to think about what do they want. Yes, they feel in control. And mm. interesting, when you say to somebody, where do you think we should go from here? They're usually in a state of shock <laughs> they're like whoa <laughs> whoa they can't believe somebody in business isn't trying to move them down a process mm-hmm. that's shocking for them and then what happens their guard comes down and they say things like oh i, I i've got one more question mm-hmm. or wait what what about this you know what comes out all of a sudden the truth yeah right and the truth is the goal not the sale anymore because if you know where you stand the whole time you don't chase people who don't call you back anymore it's a total revamp of your whole business by looking at things differently around that concept so that's one trigger is languaging and rejection Mm -hmm. and you may have noticed also the other aspect of this is the delivery the way i said it and i said where do you think we should go from here I lowered my voice. I stayed calm and centered without momentum. Mm -hmm. Momentum creates pressure. Mm. Pressure creates the wall back on you. See, we've been taught by the gurus to be enthusiastic. (laughs) Right. We're so excited. You love what you do. Can't wait to tell them about it. You're like, woohoo! I got the best coaching program in the world. But if they don't know you, they're saying to yourself, they're saying themselves, oh God, here it comes again. Somebody trying to pitch. And so, again, a lot of my work is contrarian. So I tell my clients, save your enthusiasm for after they're a client. Mm, I love that. Pre-sale, they got to mm-hmm. trust you first. So be aware of your delivery on your language. Yeah. Okay. Let's pause to hear from today's sponsor. Today's episode sponsor is both Pierce Law PLLC, home to my legal practice here in Seattle, Washington, as well as the legal website Warrior, an online business and brand dedicated to supporting the legal needs of information entrepreneurs. These include consultants, coaches, online experts and educators, speakers, authors, industry leaders, influencers, transformational leaders, community builders, podcasters, people in this space go by a variety of titles. But essentially, their businesses look alike. They are 
building businesses based around a body of work and information that they have created that gets delivered in a variety of ways, including generally through an online base, a home base in the online space, thus my branding, The Legal Website Warrior. I'm dedicated first and foremost to protecting online brands, helping them stay safe, helping them navigate the legal rules that exist and apply to um, the online world, as well as take care of and protect the offline portion of their businesses as well. There's so much that these entrepreneurs do in the offline work in their business as well. And they're, regardless of what you call yourself, regardless of what your business is about, you do not get to the position of scaling and growing and creating the influence that you want in the world and becoming an industry leader without essential legal supports. So if you you are in the space of information entrepreneurs that I serve, I would invite you to reach out and connect with me. You are also welcome to check out a free resource that I have built. You can find it at legalwebsitewarrior.com forward slash legal basics bootcamp. It is my free legal basics bootcamp that I have prepared just for you so that you have the map. What I find, and let's be clear that the traditional legal model tremendously underserves a certain portion of the small business community. And that is why I've set about to create a set of resources, documentation, education, etc., that supports people in this space. My Legal Basics Bootcamp is going to walk you through a framework that I developed that helps you understand the roadmap for your legal needs. This way you can stop cherry picking your needs in the dark without the map and start making decisions that have legal ramifications for your business from the standpoint of being empowered, from the standpoint of understanding what your legal priorities are and being able to choose those intentionally and and knowing what they're going to do for you and your business. So connect with me at legalwebsitewarrior.com forward slash legal basics bootcamp where you can get my free resource. You can also find me online at piercelawservices.com, which is just an online space holder for uh, Pierce Law PLLC, my legal practice based here in Washington state. Again, congrats on your journey. I'm honored to have intersected your path and be a small part of it through hosting this podcast. And if I can support you in any way, reach out. Okay, back to today's amazing guest. Well, and it's, you know, it's interesting, because I think some people, myself included, like just talk more quickly than others at times, right? If I get super excited about something, man, it's like a freight train. You know, I could talk all day on things that I love. And we're not saying change who you are. We're saying mm-hmm. be aware of how you're being perceived right. in your pre-sale process by someone who doesn't know you yet. How, what are they thinking when they're hearing sort of all of this stuff that may not be about them, but may be about you? And sort of a conscious awareness because we have a tendency to backfill our own needs, to tell people things about ourselves, to make us feel like we're complete, to feel we're credible, to feel like we're convincing them. And a lot of this is about having a mindset of being present, Mm-hmm. And being in their world, not our own world. I love that. So always be diffusing pressure, right? Be mindful of your tone, avoid yes. momentum. What other things do you share about that conversation? The other core concept here is the mm-hmm. idea of what I call getting to the truth of people. Mm-hmm. Now, what does that mean? 
What that means is having your potential prospects early on in your process feel comfortable telling you everything up front. Let me give you an example of this. Uh, recently, I had someone call my office. They called, got through my team, got to me, and the phone rang. I'm scheduled. I picked it up, and I heard Mr. Galper. I said, yes. My name is John Johnson. Changed the name. I'm with XYZ Company. They're a big company, global. And he says, um, I, I'm, I'm with XYZ Company. We're looking to bring someone and change our sales culture and our sales team performance. We're looking at you and two other people. We'd like to know, first of all, Mr. Galper, why should we go with you? Why you're the best? And give me your best sales pitch. He says this to me of all people in the world. <laughs> See, he's in the game. He expects me to start doing what? Selling. Yeah, because that's the yep. game he, he's grown up with. Yep. So I took a deep breath. They're a big company. Went back to my, my mindset, lowered my voice, got relaxed. And I said this to him. I said, well, isn't that interesting? There's more. I promise more. And I, and I pause. And I said, over here at our company, we have a similar process to you where we ask some questions gather information to see if we're a good fit. And if we're a good fit, we decide where to go from there. And I said to him, would you be open to that? That's all I said to him. Next thing I hear on the phone, nothing. Dead silence. I'm like, is he still there? Then I felt his breath across the phone. Like he lowers his shoulders. He kind of becomes human again. Mm -hmm. He lowers his voice and he says to me, um, okay. What kind of questions do you have for me? Hmm. Next thing I know, in five minutes, I discover one, he's not a decision maker. Two, he has no budget. And three, he's just curious as to what I do. Interesting. And I hung the phone. Off he went to YouTube for my, for my stuff. Now, what did my process just save me months of? Oh, time, heartache, right? Fault starts, all of it. Chasing, there's this drug in our bodies, it's latent, and it's triggered with inbound calls like that. You know, it's, the drug is called, it's called hopium. <laughs> you know the hopium? Where you get that phone call, like, yeah, baby, I got the call. Woo! And you're like so excited, you're on this high. And then you, you you call them back and you follow up and you get their voicemail like, oh, he's not there. Mm. Then you go to your computer and you open an email up and you write, hi, I'm writing you to what? To follow up on our and i'm going to ask all your listeners right now and viewers to use to remove one key phrase forever from the vocabulary as of today and never use it again after the recording and this might hurt just a bit if you've been in sales for a long time but i'm going to ask everyone to never again use the phrase follow up ever again in their careers after today interesting i love that what's the only industry in the world that uses the word follow up Sales people, hi, I'm calling to follow up on our last meeting. There's a few more classic ones. I don't know if you know these ones, like I'm calling to check in, touch base. Yeah. These are like 1980s <laughs> language we're still using in this day now. That when you tell someone that, they associate you with that stereotype that everybody hates. Mm -hmm. So let me give you the language to replace that word with, okay? What you say instead is this. You say, I'm giving you a call to see if you have any feedback on our previous conversation any feedback on our last meeting any feedback on the contract any mm. see feedbacks going where away from the sale follow-ups going towards the sale your goal is to reverse the process remove the pressure 
because that was what creates trust with people. I love that. Yeah, I'm still thinking about, I mean, hopium and even back at the beginning, right, getting to the idea of the truth. I think so yes. many people have given up on thinking they can have that. Yes. Right? Yes. You know, it's happened because of that. They've gotten less bold, mm -hmm. less assertive, and they become more passive and they flow along with what the customer wants. The, the way I view it is this. It needs to be a doctor-patient relationship. They're the patient. You're the doctor. Mm -hmm. right? Patient says, my shoulder hurts. Doctor says, let me take a look. Is it over here? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh man. We need to do an x-ray here. Really identify an MRI. It's, it's going on there. Then I'll tell you what to prescribe to you to fix it. See, what we do now is the minute a, a potential client says to us, here's what I'm looking for, we say, great. I can help you with that. We don't probe and when I say go under the iceberg with people to unpack their issues to get to the truth and our whole model I'm working on a new book I mentioned to you uh, next year called the one call sale our whole model is how to compress your sales cycle into one conversation with somebody mm. so the truth comes out on one call and you know if it's going to be a yes or no versus chasing people who just never call you back right well, and what do you have to say to people that are sitting here listening and going, you can't do that in a call, one call, right? Because I think that's the, the first thing is like, no, it takes more time than that. The reason why they're thinking that is because they're still wedded to the belief system that their job is to build a relationship with someone pre-sale. Mm -hmm. I'm going to drop a bomb right now, okay? What I discovered is that relationship building and trust building can be mutually exclusive. Mm. What I tell my clients is build a relationship with someone after the sale, not before the sale. Before the sale, what you do is you build trust with them by going deep down there around their issues where they feel the sense of resonance. And they say to themselves, wow, she just gets me. She just understands me. That's what real trust is about. See, what happens is we're so used to, hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. Fantastic. How's it going over? See, we're, we laid in thick in the beginnings. We're, we're taught to believe they have to like us and know us to buy from us. Right. The truth is, they don't when you want to become your friend. What they want to do is solve their problem. I mean, think mm -hmm. about it. They got a problem. We got a solution. Great mm -hmm. line of sight. <laughs> what do we do in between? We fumble the ball. Oh, hi. We, 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 we cross social <laughs> norms. And business norms now gets all messy. Well, and you know, what you're saying right now is so true. Actually, even in the context of that example, like doctor-patient relationship, right? So when I was pregnant with my son, I was a week overdue. I'd had an uh, um, ultrasound. It was a Friday morning. I had gone in for an ultrasound just to see was baby okay, all of that good stuff. And the radiologist who read the ultrasound came in and told me I was having a mega baby. She was like, you know, this could be like an 11 or 12 pound baby. And I said, what? My doctor has been telling me like this is an eight pound baby, right? So it kind of blew my mind. I was waiting all day on Friday to hear from my, my gynecologist to follow up on that. And they didn't get back to me. So here I was left heading into a weekend, a week overdue. I couldn't breathe. I was having anxiety and all these panic attacks because I literally couldn't breathe and he wasn't dropping down. 
And this point about you don't want a friend, you want somebody to solve your problem, right? You don't necessarily even need the relationship. You want somebody to solve your problem. This was the place I was in. I didn't care who there was in the office. And what I did is we called them. It was like four o'clock on Friday. And I said, look, this baby's not dropping. I just got told that, you know, it's a mega baby. I need somebody to that actually, you know, is familiar with my file to look at this and call me back. And, you know, I, I, I applied some pressure. We'll say that I'm driving to your office right now and I'm not leaving until somebody does that because yeah. I'm not going into a weekend not knowing what's up with this baby. So I got there at like 4.35 o'clock and my doctor wasn't available, but another doctor was. And his nurse came out and said, Dr. Loudermilk has reviewed your file, reviewed your images from this morning, and he'd like you to come in tomorrow morning. He is the on-call emergency doctor, and he's going to deliver your baby via C-section. Right. Problem solved. That is all Problem. I needed to know because I was getting all this wrong information, and somebody told me to schedule a C-section. It's going to be 10 days out. I'm like, awesome. So I'm seven, eight days overdue and I have to wait 10 more days to have this baby that's not dropping. <laughs> like this is just not going to work. <laughs> See, right? you, you, you were looking, you wanted a truth teller, someone to yes. tell you the truth and to help you. That's what you were looking for. And he did that. He looked at the images and he said, this baby needs to come out and I will do it tomorrow morning. And he became my favorite person on earth in that yeah. moment. And for years yeah. after, because yeah. he solved that problem. Yeah. I'm working on a new bumper sticker right now. It's got four words on it. You know what it's going to say? Doctors don't do coffee. Right. <laughs> right. And, and that's the mindset you have to have pre-sale going forward. You have to stop trying to build relationships with people and focus on their deepest problems. That's mm. all they want. You know what we also do when we mess up? We also do a lot of free consulting, free right. education. We give away all this content. And I'm like, stop. There's another bomb coming right now. I say, stop giving value to people pre-sale. Instead, give them clarity around their problems. See, the clarity you got, the doctor saying, we'll do it tomorrow, didn't solve the problem, baby's still in there, but it gave you the relief and the clarity to know that he's the one to solve it. It's the same metaphor. Yeah, yes. And you, your clients sound like my clients. I lecture them as well around like, stop doing that. Stop giving away your services for free. It's not helping yeah. you. Uh, how, what's your coaching for people on how to start a conversation the right way so that you are able sure. to get to the truth, right? Because right, right. we're talking about what's happening at the end. How right. do you start a conversation the right way so that you're not headed down the wrong path? Beautiful question. So let's assume you have a scheduled call with somebody, okay? They're, they're qualified. It's a first call from LinkedIn or whatever. They're on a call with them and you say hello. You know, normally this sort of this sort of preamble, hey, nice to meet you. Where do you hear from me? How's it going? Well, today's call is all about this. If we're working, there's all this stuff. Yep. What we what, we, what you gotta take all that out. So when you say hello, say hello, nice to meet you. Then you say this. If it's okay with you, always ask permission. Can we start with you? Share with me a little bit about your situation, a bit about your story, about your business and challenges, and we'll go from there. How's that sound? So you put the ball in their court right away, right at hello, mm. and they start to open up to you. As they start opening up to you, you start listening carefully for their problems. So someone says to you, oh, I need help with growing my business or whatever like that. See, what, normally when we hear someone tell us a problem that we can solve, our, our instinct goes, oh, 
oh, perfect. I can help them solve the problem. Wait, let me tell you what I've got case studies. I can see instead you got to say this and here's the magic phrase. When they say their problem, you say, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Hmm. And that now goes through a free space where they now open up more and you say, well, how long has that been an issue for? Wow. What's the impact your business by not solving it for the last six months? How much have you lost because of it, would you say? See, I'm taking them to a place they on their own don't go to. Mm -hmm. See, most business owners want to focus how much on their making and how much they're losing. That's a painful place to go. It's got to be like a, a therapist-patient relationship, right? If the patient doesn't own the problem, they're the worst patients to have. Oh, it just stays in the closet, right? Correct. And they're going to drag them through to the end. So this model is about what I call going down the iceberg with people because they'll give you breadcrumbs at the top of the iceberg, just enough to chew on. You'd be like, oh, this looks good. Yeah, baby. But really, this is not a happy call. This is a diagnostic conversation. This is really let's unpack and understand the totality of your issues and the gravity of it. And here's the definitive question you want to ask at the bottom of the iceberg. You want to ask this question. And here is the killer one. Is this a priority for you to solve once and for all or is it something you have to live with for a while and, and let it be i'm okay either way the sale is made or lost right there in that moment because now they own it yeah. and the next thing i say to you is and here it comes wait for it how can you help me mm. So you are not allowed to describe your solutions until after they say to you, how do you work or how can you help me? Because then they own the problem and they're committed to solving it. See, what we do is we prematurely start to get excited, talk about our solutions, give start case to studies, solve, start to solve the problem, yeah. educate, give insights. So we think the more we demonstrate our capability to them of our solution, the more they're going to like us and buy from us, which is the reverse of what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen if you educate them on that initial process with them? Here's what's going to happen. They're going to say, let me think about that. I, I need to process that. Let me let me talk to my wife. Let, let me see. Now they got to process all you gave to them, which is new information. Yeah. Here's the funny thing about this. They don't care about how you solve the problem. <laughs> all they care about is that you're the one to solve it. They don't care about your coaching programs and your one-on-one -on -one calls and your login access and your group masterminds. How you do it is your thing. All they want to care about is you're the one to choose and they'll you'll take care of them. What you're saying, and I think this, you know, you're right, this definitely goes against instincts, right? You're saying don't demonstrate, don't explain, don't literally don't do anything except ask these questions that take them deeper into their own story. Go deep in their world and yeah. stay there. Don't yeah. come out until, <laughs> until <laughs> you're making me laugh until they say to you, how can mm -hmm. you help me? They're most vulnerable then. And then the most willing to take help and pay you for your service. If you don't wait till that moment comes, mm -hmm. you'll end up being stuck in the chasing game. People weren't ready yet. Mm. So is it true that just by asking these questions, because I think 
if I'm playing devil's advocate, right, what a lot of people could be thinking right now is like, well, how do they know I'm the expert? How do they know I have the skills to solve this? Like if I don't explain, if I don't show them, how will they have the confidence in me? That's their own subconscious saying, I'm not worthy yet. And I need to prove mm. my worth to someone else. That's backfilling our own emotional needs. They don't care about, you don't have to demonstrate your credibility. Mm. Your demonstration of your credibility and competence is by your ability to connect with people at their level, on their terms, in their world, not about your credibility. Mm. Sure, you're going to have a website, LinkedIn, fine. But on the actual call itself, yeah. do not talk about yourself. Oh, I love this so much. Stop it. Right? <laughs> you Bob Newhart. Stop it. Just stop it. Stop it. Um, so, I mean, there's just, I think a lot of people who could be listening are just going, oh, oh, right? I'm not so saying change who you are or be cold and diagnostic. You can still have bedside manner like a doctor. You can still be mm -hmm. warm and empathetic. You can still care about people what this process does it sends one message you know the message is i care about you mm. which is missing in the world of selling mm. talk to me a little bit because i know that there are folks out there that will not say exactly this but will say go deep push on the pain, right? I'm sure you've heard this, push the pain points. What do you say to people who have a real aversion doing that? So this this is not about pushing the pain points at all. And, yeah. and that there is a bit of a subtle difference here between I'm teaching and other people teaching. Mm -hmm. This is about manipulation. This is not, a, this is not about getting to the yes. Mm -hmm. This is getting to the truth because maybe they're not fit with you in the first place. You have to walk into the call with the mindset of they may not be a fit. Yeah. So the push and butt thing is, is I'm going to use these techniques to get the yes. In order to get the yes. So it is our really. Is, our mindset is they may not be a fit. I don't know if they are until I unpack and help them amplify and see the truth of their own problem. All I'm doing is revealing to them their own issues with a mirror. I'm not trying that. to push buttons. I'm trying to help them understand the gravity of their own issue because they themselves don't see it. Customers only see their world in 180 degrees. We see things 360. Right. Doctor, patient, your job is to help your patients and your clients and your prospects see their own bigger picture. Mm -hmm. Well, what I love is you've shared a bit about the how. How do you do it? How do you get there? But it really is about where you start from that is the special sauce is about really starting from a place of genuine curiosity we won't yep. know until we get there this is not about getting to a yes, yes it's about just figuring out what does this person need helping them see it and then going from there this is a mindset shift of letting yeah. go of the end goal of the sale which is tough for certain people who are wet of the old way and mm -hmm. detoxing from that unhooking from that and being present 100% in their world, mm -hmm. like you will with a child or hopefully at home with someone you love. When you're present with them, you're listening. See, what happens, we go to work, we put what I call sales armor on. 
we change our whole approach. We get ready for bullets coming our way. So we get kind of like, <laughs> we get all teed up for the call. Hi. And one of my clients last week played a recording from one of his sales calls and one of his, his, his consultations. And I was talking to him and I said, go ahead and play the recording. He goes, sure. And his, his whole voice changed on the call. I'm like, what are you doing? Do you realize you're like, you're, you're like amping yourself up? Like, hey, I'm like, what are you? Dealing like, oh, with all that adrenaline. Yeah. He's like, oh my God, I didn't realize. I said, you're getting ready for battle to what you're doing. Mm. You're putting your energy up to prepare for rejection in case it comes. What we have to do is work with you to eliminate rejection ever happening. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, I love that too, because it's, if you're if you take away the goal of always getting to the yes, it eliminates, I think, so much of that pain associated with that rejection point, right? And I mean, I, I just think sales is so brutal for so many people out there running around and just doing it wrong. Because resistance and rejection can be removed if in the beginning of the process you do it right. Yeah. See, we accept pushback and chasing is normal. We assume as part of the game of selling. It's the way it goes. Not in our world. Mm-hmm. We never trigger it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. Ari, this has been so good. Holy cow. Here we are almost at the top of the hour. I I love I love the the points you've made about how to do it the right way. I love the the really, you know, true highlight on the mindset that it takes to set yourself up to do it the right way. Yes, definitely. For folks that are still listening, now, do you have a free gift for listeners today? I think. Look, you... I, yeah, there's an overview intro course you can take for free. Just go to my website, unlockthegame.com. It's right there. You can't miss it. And then reach out to me on LinkedIn. Just say hello. Yeah. If you've got value out of this, I'd love to hear from you. But that's the place to go to really start to enter our world and see if it's fit for you or not. Mm, so good. Well, and your, I believe your trainings, your content is really for consultants, coaches, right? A whole wide swath of people. I imagine service professionals. Talk to me about who can benefit. It's really for people in a low volume, high price point quadrant mm-hmm. where it's um, high trust, yep. long-term clients, high price point, low volume, you know, they don't need 20 clients tomorrow. They've had five and a quarter, they'd be happy or five in a month. They don't need a volume because the reason the, the, the issue people struggle with is converting the leads into sales. They have lots of leads coming in, lots of meetings, but they don't convert them. So yeah. you can improve that by 10, 20, 30%. In my book I'm writing right now, and I write this in there, I said, my expectation of you, the reader, is if you're prospect on the phone is is qualified, meaning they can afford your fee and they have your problem. You should be having a hundred percent success rate on every single call. Mm, If you're not, you've messed it up. Yeah. Their problem is still there. Your process (laughs) fumbled the ball. You're the one who's got to change, not them. Yes. Yes. Well, and taking ownership of that, I think it's just so freeing, realizing like it's in us to do this conversation the right way. And we can, and it doesn't have to be this hard scripted thing, right? It doesn't have to be this convoluted process that we force ourselves through. Correct. Success is based on you taking responsibility for making changes to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love that. So if you're still listening, be sure to hop over. We're going to share Ari's website, including the gift to his free introductory course um, and more, including where you can connect with him on social media. 
I personally am a huge fan of LinkedIn. So Ari and I already connected there. Check that out at legalwebsitewarrior.com forward slash podcast. Ari, what final either takeaways or action steps do you have for folks that are still listening? Look, I mean, I'll just say one last thing. And I know it sounds kind of crazy, but stop selling. Mm. Create trust inside with people because it's a new skill you have to learn again. I'm sorry. You have to learn it. And I tell you, if you can build trust with people at hello, game over. Yeah. You can just enjoy your day, not play the numbers game and people just onboarding with you without resistance. It's hard to imagine that concept to imagine, wow, what every day people just joining me, you can get there if you just recognize what you're doing the old way. Mm, I love that. Well, and if you are still listening, you already know that you're going to jump over and check out Ari's work because that just sounds like I just breathe a big sigh of relief for people that are going to discover this new way of being in their business and get the help that they've needed. So Ari, thank you. Such a joy to connect with you today and hear all your wisdom in this particular niche. We all need it. Thank you so much. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you for joining us today on the Guts, Grit, and Great Business Podcast. We hope that we've added a little fuel to your tank, some coffee to your cup, and pep in your step to keep you moving forward in your own great adventures. For key takeaways, links to any resources mentioned in today's show and more, see the show notes, which can be found at legalwebsitewarrior.com slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's conversation, please give us some stars and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast so others will find us too. Keep up the great work you are doing in the world, and we'll see you next week.